Hello, welcome to our audio Bible study. This is lesson 24 out of 25 lessons, and I pray that this entire series will help you know more about the God of the Bible. God bless and enjoy the series. Well, today's lesson is about giving back to God. We know and we understand that God wants His people to live in abundance, and in abundance, it also would include that God wants His people to be financially secure. In fact, the Bible does say that God wants us to have more than enough. Well, that's God's intention, and we truly believe and trust Him. Then, His blessings is indeed blessings. Something that we don't deserve, but yet we've got it anyway. And when we exist in that frame of mind, then whatever we have, we gratefully appreciate where the source of that benefit comes from. And we know the source of benefit of all blessings is from God, and blessings come in many, many different ways. Well, we know we know that. When it comes to our possessions, possessions that we received, we know that it comes from one source. Psalms, chapter twenty-four, verse one, and Psalms chapter fifty, verse ten to twelve. I'll, I'll read twenty-four first. I quote: "The earth is the Lord's, and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein." Unquote. Now I read chapter fifty. I quote: "For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains. The wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine, and all its fullness." Unquote. Well, our possession comes from one, one supernatural being, our Almighty God. That the Bible begins to say. In Genesis one one, I quote: "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." Unquote. Well, God created everything. He created the universe out of nothing, by the breath of His mouth. Therefore, everything, everything in this world, everything that you and I own, is God's property, including our human life. See, human beings to whom God has entrusted wealth are simply Managers of God's goods, you and I are here to manage God's goods. We are stewards, given the task of managing God's property. All we have is His. Well, Jesus explained this in a parable very clearly, and He said, "I quote: For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them." Unquote. Matthew twenty-five verse fourteen. In fact, God has specifically said about the world's wealth, the God of heaven has said that He is the rightful owner of the world's wealth. I mean, a person may have money in the bank or investments in precious metals, but the true owner of everything is God. Haggai chapter two verse eight, and I quote. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine," says the Lord of Hosts. Unquote. So, who owns everything? 
God. And this was also clearly stated in James chapter 1, verse 17, that God is the source of all blessing. I quote, Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom oh, no. there is no variation or shadow of turning. So if you look at this, what about our financial position, our financial blessing? Where does it come from? God. Well, all blessing comes from God. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. I quote, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Unquote. Clearly stated in Deuteronomy that he's the one who gives you power and blessings and ability to get wealth. You see, when it comes to financial matters, it is the blessing of God that enables us to obtain what we have. Our financial blessings, in other words, come from God. Well, if our financial blessing comes from God anyway, it belongs to Him anyway, and it is only given to us as a steward to look after His property, then do we not at least be grateful for what we have? Yes, we would. Otherwise, we'll get nothing. Without blessings, we won't get the financial status we are in. And if you're blessed, and if you truly believe that your blessing comes from God, then indeed you're grateful for all the blessings that are given to you. And when you're truly grateful, one needs to at least demonstrate this gratefulness. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30, I quote, All the tithes of the land whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord." Unquote. Now the word tithe simply means a tenth. God claims one-tenth of our income as His. Not that He wants it and not that He needs it. He claims it because it is to be returned to Him as a demonstration of faith in God and as an expression of our gratefulness and our love for him that we have in advance received all the blessings. Well, you may then ask where does this concept of tithes comes from? Well, if you went back in the Old Testament when God divided the promised land among the tribes of Israel, he did not give the tribe of Levi a large tract of real estate like he did the other tribes. Along with certain cities, that God gave Levi, he designated that the Levites be supported by the tithe, supported by one-tenth. It was to be their income in return for the ministry they perform in a sanctuary. So in essence, the tithe is God's way of redistributing income, if you like, to the Levites who are responsible um, for the ministry uh, at the sanctuary. The book of Numbers, chapter 18, verse 21, I quote, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance in return for their work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle of meeting, unquote. So the tithes in the Bible is God's way of distributing some income to those who minister 
in the sanctuary. Well, that was in Old Testament. But what about now? Well, look at this in this way. Just as God intended for ministers in the Old Testament times to be supported by the tithing system, God also intends for his ministers today to be supported in the same way. Look at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11 to 14, and I quote, If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple, and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar? Even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel." Unquote. Well, Paul was very specific in his commentary about the tithing system. He made it clear that the tithing is still God's means of supporting the preaching of the gospel. So God intends for all his people to return the tithe to him so that the good news of the gospel can be proclaimed throughout the world. Now, in this way, all God's children can participate equally and, and then indeed share in the blessing of taking the gospel to the world. Well, what about Jesus? Did he ever mention anything about this the system of tithing? Let's look at what was said in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. I quote, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you can pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. This you ought to have done without leaving the others under an unquote. See, Jesus was unimpressed with people who observe certain religious principles while failing to experience the heart change offered through the, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit. When he rebuked the spirit that failed to demonstrate Christian grace, he commented the practice of returning tithes. While the Pharisees were among in failing to show justice, mercy and faith, they were right to tithe. So Jesus did comment about tithes, and which shows the importance of tithings. In fact, way back in the Old Testament, there were first examples of the tithing system. Well, it was found in back in Genesis chapter 14, verse 18 to 20. I quote, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Unquote. See, tithing was practiced before the nation of Israel even existed. So clearly, tithing is not an ordinance reserved only for the Jews. I mean, God grants people of all ages the privilege of practicing faithful stewardship and honoring him with their possessions. So in Genesis chapter 28, verse 22, Jacob also pledges to honor God with a tie of his wealth. So it goes back all, all the way through from Genesis through to the New Testament uh, about this tithing system. 
And the Bible refers to Jesus' ministry as our high priest as being according to the order of Melchizedek. This was in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 20. As Melchizedek ministry, Melchizedek's ministry is supported by the tithing system, it is appropriate that the priesthood during Jesus' ministry would also be supported by tithes. Well, you can ask the question, well, what purpose should the tithe be used for? Well, that storehouse was mentioned in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. I quote, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Unquote. So this storehouse was, administ was administered by the priest then, and was closely connected with the temple or the sanctuary ministry. In Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 38, it says, and I quote, And the priest, the descendant of Aaron, should be with the Levites when the Levites receive tithes, and the Levites shall bring up a tenth of the tithes to the house of our Lord, to the rooms of the storehouse, unquote. So when God stated that the tithe should be brought into the storehouse, which in today's term, the storehouse would be recognized as the church, God's clear intention was that the tithes would be used specifically for the work of ministry, the work of spreading God's gospel to the world. And spreading the God's gospel to the world, if you like ministerial work, this tithes, as we talked about, is designated by God to be used by this work. And therefore, this is holy. Therefore, we are not to decide for ourselves to use it in another way that we might think suitable. It has to be used in a holy way, in a holy way. The tithe is not to be used for charitable giving purposes. God has specifically claimed it as his own. So the use of the tithes must be made in accordance to God's will. It must be holy. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30, I quote, All the tithes of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord, unquote. Well, what about this question? How should a person support worthy causes if not by using the tithes? Well, a person can do it. You see, in addition to the tithes, which is holy and is intended solely for the support of the work of ministry or the spreading of God's gospel, God's people were also able to bring him freely in his own free will offerings. These offerings are voluntary and are left to the discretion of the giver. So yes, how should a person support worthy causes? Through offering, in addition to tithes, that is. So in the same way, after our first 10% has been returned to God as tithes, we are then free to give God's to, to back to God any additional offering. Additional offerings beyond the tithes may be directed to a, a variety of causes, at the discretion of the giver. So now we can see the difference between tithes and offering. Now how important then is that a person faithfully return tithes to God? Well, let's have a look at what the Bible says. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8, I quote, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, 
But you say, in what way have I robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Unquote. In other words, to answer the question, how important is that a person faithful return tithes to God? Yes, it's important. Because if you don't, it is like as if you have robbed God. Neglect to tie is, a, is to commit robbery. In other words, he and God has left us no doubt as to the seriousness of refusing to tie. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 15, God says, You shall not steal, unquote. Neglecting to tie ties is stealing from God. The ties belongs to him. Well then, is there a blessing? Or blessing that is promised to those who faithfully return the ties to God? Well, God promises to prosper those who are faithfully returning ties. Stating that those who tied out of their heart, now this is the operative word, out of their heart, out of their love for God, out of their gratefulness of God, will receive so much blessings that they will not have enough room to receive it. God pledges that his people will have more than enough in addition. He says that he will bless the ground of those who enter into his trust relationship with him. So in other words, you give back to God with your heart and you will receive in abundance, in return. Well, some may twist this and ask this question and say, how can a person be sure tithing is the right thing to do? I mean, could this not be seen as a form of self-righteousness or righteousness at work? You know, if you don't give tithes, you will be uh, cursed by God and you will not be blessed by God. And worst of all, if I didn't give tithes, would I be saved? Well, you can be sure that if you gave with your heart, you can be sure that if you love God, you keep his commandments. And if you keep, if you truly love God and grateful for them, for him, you will keep his commandments and you will keep all his commandments, including thou shall not steal. So when you give tithes faithfully from your heart, you are indeed expressing your love and gratefulness for God for giving you the blessings in the first place. Obedience to God is not a matter of righteousness by works, but it's a form of righteousness by faith. You obey because you are already deemed to be righteous, because you obey because it shows the evidence of your righteousness. Well, if a person ties, can that person expect to prosper financially? And now we've had that question before. Malachi verse 3 chapter 3 verse 10 rather I quote try me now in this says the Lord of hosts if you if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will be not be room enough to receive it unquote see blessing comes in many ways God is issuing a challenge here through Malachi while God can certainly choose to prosper the business of faithful children, of his faithful children, or even cause an unexpected windfall to come into a person's life, he might instead choose to grant the blessing of good health. Blessing could be, come in many ways. Instead of financial, it could be good health, or savings on purchases, or the blessing of peace of mind. 
contentment, joyfulness. See, the greatest blessing God can choose to offer is that of his presence. And while he has promised to pour out great blessings into the lives of those who tie, it is presumptuous to believe that tithing is the doorway to financial prosperity. We don't want you thinking about that. While God has promised that his people will be secure, he has not guaranteed material richness. Any person seeking to honor God should make it his or her first priority to seek God's way first and then allow Jesus to work out his will in his or her life. Start from putting God's priority as number one. It is faith that takes God at this his word and permits the will of God to be done. And God encourages us to seek his will and then trust that the blessing that he has promised will be graciously granted to you. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, I quote, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you, unquote. So there you go. Before we conclude, let me ask you this question. Are you willing to trust God? And are you willing and trust him in faith and return ties to him that belongs to him anyway in the first place? I pray that in the quietness of your heart, the answer to this question will be yes, I am willing. God bless.